Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Theology in the Raw. My guest today is Jason Woodruff, who many of you, most of you probably won't know that name, but many or most of you will have heard me talk about the Pour Over podcast. Um, the biggest, I'm going to just read their byline here, uh, the biggest news of the day summarized in a way you'll actually understand and enjoy, paired with brief Christian perspectives, stay informed while keeping focused on Christ. I was blown away when I came across the Pour Over podcast a few um, months ago. They also have, uh, primarily, it's a newsletter that goes out giving you the information, the news information of the day um, without giving you a biased perspective, a biased slant on that um, news information. If there is any bias, it is to bend us toward our allegiance towards Christ. So, uh, Jason is the founder and one of the writers of the Pour Over newsletter and podcast, and I just wanted to have him on the show to talk about, like, hey, give us the backstory. Tell us what's going on. How did you come to form this um, awesome news outlet? So, um, yeah, I had a wonderful conversation with Jason. He's a super humble, wise uh, guy, and I just I love the mission behind the podcast. So please welcome to the show the one and only Jason Woodruff. All right, hey friends, I'm here with Jason Woodruff from the Pour Over podcast, and we have known each other for about 30 seconds on Skype. So <laughs> let, I guess, let, Jason, thanks for being on Theology and Raw, first of all. Um, I'm excited about this conversation. Let, let me give you, because I don't even know if you know the backstory here, but man, I, I the, the back backstory is I've for a long time have been so just jaded by narrative driven news outlets to the point to where I had to delete all my news apps. And I typically get my news from listening to long form podcasts from different, from people that are, they're not committed to a particular narrative. Um, and, and that's kind of where I get my news, but I'm like, yeah, sometimes I just want to just give me, just can somebody give me the facts of what happened today. That's it. Hey, Trump did something. Yeah. This is what Trump did. This, this is what he didn't do. Biden did this. This is what happened. Great. You may you, you might hate it, might love it, but I'm going to let you make that decision. So when we started average putting sponsors on this podcast, which is kind of a new thing, my guy who finds sponsors said, hey, you should check out this podcast. And I was blown away, dude. I was seriously like, this is what I've been looking for. So I am um, – my audience should know that you do – we do – you are a sponsor on the podcast – that this conversation is unrelated to that. Like, I'm like, okay, right. I want to just have this guy on. Just, I want to hear your heart behind what you're doing, have you explain to the audience. But this is not, this is not like paid, con this is just a natural conversation. So, all that to say, Jason, thank you for coming on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me on. So, I mean, I gave a little bit of kind of a, a running start. I would just, who are you and what led to starting the Pour Over podcast and newsletter that goes out to, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, the pour over started really as a personal exercise for me while I was getting my MBA. Um, and so it, I had finished finals after the first year and had a few weeks before, uh, my internship started. And, um, I, I can, I can relax for a few days at a time, but, um, 
was was starting to get restless and uh, looking for something to do. And and really, I have always loved the news. I consume tons of news. Um, it's it is not uh, anxiety or anger inducing for me. Like it, it is, and and I don't really know how to describe that other than like it, it's just interesting. And so. Um, I've always consumed a, a lot of news, but was frustrated with a lot of the things that you just said and specifically wished there was a timely Christian news source. Mm -hmm. Like there, there are great Christian news sources out there. Um, but a, a lot of them tend to like add thoughtful, prayerful reflection on events that happened a month ago. Yeah. Um, or they talk about what's going on in the church, you know, like, hey, what is Tim Keller doing these days? Mm -hmm. And and then when it comes to like timely world news, uh, my frustration was a, a lot of those news sources were very obviously yeah. aligned with an individual political party, you know, and and yeah. they existed on both sides. Kind of classically, yeah. they're they're like Republican conservative uh, news sources, and it's just like you know, I, I it feels like as a Christian, I shouldn't care what a Republican should do about this. I shouldn't care about what a Democrat should uh, do about this. I should just care. I should just be informed. And there are tons of Christians like yourself, um, like you were just saying, that I, I think kind of rightfully unplugged from the news and saying mm -hmm. like, hey, I can't uh, stay up to date with this 24 hours news cycle and not be anxious or depressed or mm -hmm. angry. And, and so I'm just going to to opt for being less informed. And it's like, well, so as a personal exercise for me, what does it look like to try to do this? And mm -hmm. so I, I had this conversation over dinner with a friend and was like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to send, I'm going to send you an email. I'm going to summarize the news. I'm going to try to truly put Christ first and I'm going to do it for a few months and send it in an email. So you hold me accountable. <laughs> when did you start it? When was that? When, yeah. When was that moment? So that was May of 2018, and oh, and the it's been going for a while there. I th I thought it was like at last. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's sort of been going for a while because like after a year, we had like 400 readers. I mean, it really was like a, a personal okay. exercise. We had a couple other people helping out, but it was like the 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 only value was to ourselves writing it. And then so we started 2020 with. 2,500 subscribers to the newsletter, roughly. Um, and then ended, started 2021 with like 35,000. Okay. And we're now, we just crossed 150,000 oh this week. Word. So it's, it's really ramped up. We started treating it kind of like a business and finding advertisers and, yeah. um, trying to grow in 2020. And, uh, and then I went full time in July of 2021. So your so this is your full time job running the pour over, yeah. What what other kind of team do you have around you? I'm I, I, this is a I'm curious because people always wonder like with my podcast like what it, do you have like a big machine behind you or is it just you or what's the what's what's if you peek behind the curtain of the pour over what am I gonna find? Yeah, so I'm the only one who's full time. Uh, we have a and, and everyone involved is is pretty young. Um, mm -hmm. you know, twenty twenty five to. 30. Um, and so there's a woman who's, uh, part-time Kathleen, she's an editor and, uh, also helps out with our Instagram. And then everyone else is like super part-time. And that's okay. how it was for a long time. But we, 
everyone was just like, you know, yeah. five hours a week. And then I would do a little bit more than that. Um, and so we have, we have four writers, um, a couple editors. Well, I guess four writers includes myself, three, three people that just write, okay. um, a couple editors, um, a guy who helps with the growth and then our, our podcast, we, so the primary medium is our newsletter. It was yeah. newsletter first. And then we now, uh, have a podcast. It's the same content. It's well-produced. Yeah. It's not like a robot reading the newsletter, but it's uh, yeah. it's an audio version of the newsletter. And, um, there are a couple people on the podcast team. Okay. It's you. And and then more recently, the, the last several I've listened to have been a, a female on there. Is that, um, one of the other writers who's been, so I, I never, I have very little to do with the podcast. Oh, oh and, really? Like, okay. we, we help doing it. So we have, um, yeah, it's a couple and it's a fun story that a couple friends, um, guys that I knew, through my high school youth group, one of them started like a production agency. And so two of the, the, there are two male voices, they're brothers. Okay. And then their sister is the, is the female voice and they just kind of rotate, oh, okay. but all of that, like th they're amazing and awesome. And we write the newsletter and like drop in slack, like, Hey, go turn this into a nice podcast. And <laughs> they run with it. Wow. Can you explain then, I guess, uh, so the, yeah, the newsletter is a writ is the script for the podcast, right? There's no real content difference. Is that, is that accurate as, as I've tried to compare the two? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There, I mean, there are, uh, occasionally differences like for example, and I don't know when this will be released, but what, what's going on in the world today is Will Smith slapped someone in, or Chris Rock at the Grammys. And that happened, that happened really late Sunday night. And so I was actually just scheduling, like moving the newsletter from Google Docs into MailChimp. And uh, the podcast had already been recorded. We had a big story on the economy. And like my phone is blown up. It's like, okay, we now, we now <laughs> need to write about that. So that was like a rare instance where the podcast had already been recorded. So you would get different, like you got a story about the, the Grammys if you read the newsletter but if you got the podcast, um, you got the story about the economy, and then we kind of caught up the podcast uh, okay. on Wednesday. But in general, yes, it's a script for the podcast. Can, can you? I guess we've we've maybe gotten a little bit ahead of ourselves. Can you describe for somebody who has no clue what we're even talking about? Hopefully, they've they've gotten some idea. But what is the Pour Over Newsletter podcast? How long? Um, what, what do you guys talk about? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Like I was saying, really what we wanted to do was to say, to, to fill kind of the gap of saying Christians being aware of what's going on in the world. So we, we like select our stories in a very different way from most Christian news sites and that we read all the biggest news networks and just whatever they're talking about, we talk about. Okay. And so it's not, um, we are trying to summarize and help Christians process from a foundation of their faith, the biggest stories of the day, not the most significant. So we'll get criticism, which is totally valid of like, why didn't you talk about this? Like, right. this is a huge thing that's going on. That's impacting the church that's doing whatever. And it's like, yes. And, and there are other people that are doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so we'll talk about what happened at the Grammys and like we cover a bunch of politics, the economy. I mean, COVID for years, yeah. all the biggest headlines. And then we'll pair the 
um, we, we do three kind of larger stories and, uh, each one is, we're very concise. Large for us is like 125 words. The whole email takes five minutes to read. Um, we put a read time up top in, in the newsletter and, uh, for those longer ish stories, we'll pair it with some Christian perspective. Yeah. And all of that is, all of those are pre-written. That was kind of the first hurdle that we had jump over of, hey, I understand why there's not thoughtful, prayerful reflection on things that happened an hour ago because there hasn't been enough time for thought and prayer, you know? So like, sure. how do we how do we do that? And so we have a very narrow scope mm-hmm. of what Christian perspectives or insight will give. We, we just really, we are trying to pair what's happening in the world with some foundational Christian principles mm-hmm. to help people not separate what's happening in the world from their faith. As I experience, I listen to it um, whenever it comes out. So it comes out three days a week, right? The podcast and the newsletter, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yep. Um, and that's recorded the night before. So when I'm listening Monday, Monday, that was on Sunday. So something happened Monday morning. You you would address that like on a Wednesday. Would that be accurate for, for the most part? Or? Right. Okay. Which is... Um, yeah. And that timing we've, there are, there are a number of people that want us to go to five days a week and, and we're now yeah. for a long time, we just didn't because we didn't have the capacity We're we're approaching that. And, and so it's an interesting internal discussion of, I, I think that there is something valuable and I, I hesitate to say this because then we're going to go to five times a week and everyone's <laughs> going to point me to what I, I said. I think I know here, what but, you're going to say, but go, go ahead, go ahead. No. There, there's uh, like, obviously it being a concise, uh, of the news helps commute the time. There's value in kind of slowing down. Um, same thing is true with it coming out three, three times a week. And I think it's like, Hey, we, we don't, we want you to be informed, but you don't need to drink from the fire hose. And yeah. there's value of just kind of being aware without diving all in and allowing it to consume you. And so there, there is, um, there are times that the best example is like the, what happened on January 6th happened on a Wednesday. And so we didn't write about it until Friday morning. And at that point, when we were writing about it, it's like, man, it feels weird that we aren't like describing what happened, but the whole world has watched what happened. And there's so much fallout from this that like, how do you do it? And, and that was an, we thought about like releasing uh, a newsletter on Thursday or Wednesday addressing it. And we're like, no, you know, like I think part of what we're doing is, hey, take a beat. Um, mm-hmm. But but there's also, I mean, I can make strong arguments for it being five days a week as well. Yeah, I could, I could, yeah, no, I could definitely see, but I, I, I would love it five days a week. Um, I, I listen to it, uh, whenever I, every morning when I take a shower, um, cause it's a perfect timing. It's a five, six minute shower. I, I put it up in the little windowsill. I, it's right in my ear and you know, I can kind of dovetail and it's just, it just gives me, here's the major stuff going on in the day. Here's how, here's what I loved most, most about, well, not most, it's hard. There's so many things I love about it, but you know, as I listen to different news outlets and I, I, you know, I'm, 
I try to listen to this side of the aisle, that side of the aisle. And sometimes you feel mm-hmm. like you're listening to, you know, the news on Venus and then the news on Mars. Like it's almost like they're describing two different worlds, you know? So it's kind of up to me to kind of say, okay, let's try to piece this together. But, and, and I've said this often, you know, if the rhetoric of a certain news outlet is, is not helping you love your neighbor and enemy more, mm. then you might need to turn it off. Mm-hmm. And that's why I turned it off. Because like, you know, I'll listen yeah. to the right side of the aisle and you think every every Democrat's an idiot and you listen to the left side of the aisle, you think every Republican's a racist Nazi. And it's like, that's not helping me when I meet my Republican neighbor with a MAGA hat or meet my right. neighbor with a Biden flag. Like, and, and I'm, and like you, like I, because I'm so, I've separated my identity from, yeah, I don't, I don't want to get into myself, but well, I have to see my shirt, exile. Like I, I'm an exile in Babylon um, my identity mm-hmm. is not Babylon. So whichever Babylon, Babylonian wars are going on, it's kind of more, I don't want to, I don't want to trivialize, trivialize it like it's entertaining, but it kind of, it, it's kind of like, oh, this Babylonian leader ripped on that one. And it's like, wow, what a horrible way to rule the right. world. You know, I'm so glad I belong to a different kingdom. You know, it's kind of how I, but, but right. I can even sense my heart, like being tugged in those directions, even as somebody who has deliberately separated my identity from mm-hmm. that. Um, so this is what, like, you guys do a great job, an excellent job of truly not showing your cards. Like you'll describe the event. There's not even like intonation inflection or, you know, a little backhanded jab. And and sometimes we do, you guys do introduce humor, but it's, it's in my, from my vantage point, it doesn't, you're not doing that underlying jab to the other side. You're just kind of saying something kind of funny that everybody can kind of agree with. And I don't even know if that's intentional, but the few times when you had an open door of like just neutrally describing an event, which somebody might say, yeah, that's ridiculous that they would say that or do that. You, you don't show your cards and I'm so glad you don't, you know, it's so, I, I love mm. it, man. It's so Thank good. You. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's an interesting because like core to the pour over is saying, politics just matter less than what the world would have you believe. And, and it's, Mm. it's to say, Hey, if, if I'm a Christian first, that means I can't be a Democrat first. That means I can't be a Republican first. That means I can't be an American first, you know, like I'm, I'm a Christian first, but so much of the news that we cover is political, like overtly or politicized. And And so it's, and it's still important to know what's going on. And so what we've done is we have of our writers, we have like, we have writers from across the political spectrum. I would, um, and, and everyone, especially if we're writing about something that's politically contentious, both sides will kind of read and sign off and say like, Hey, yeah, you haven't like grossly misrepresented, um, what I'm trying to say. And that's not like we spend a a lot of time thinking about how both sides are going to view something or really? hear something not because it's our goal to be center or like perfectly balanced but because that when the even if you were to agree with what we say like if we were to rip on trump for example even if you hate trump we're now no longer 
a reliable, unbiased news source, you know? And so like, we, and we certainly missed the mark. I mean, it's a whole bunch of humans behind there making the sure. judgment calls, but to say like, Hey, to help people let their guard down and, and say, okay, here's what's going on. And to be able to hear the Christian perspective in the Bible verse that we say, an important part of that process is to not take the jabs, not take the low hanging fruit and, and to say, Hey, you know what, when, when people hear their political party attacked, and I would say this is wrong of them, but it is true and totally happens uh, with me and people on our team. When you hear those attacks, your walls go up, Yeah, you're angry at the other side. And, and so to just try to prevent causing that mm-hmm. certainly is something that we is not unintentional. I'm curious how you guys are able to gather the facts and that, even that term fact. Um, mm-hmm. gather the facts of what is happening in the world when you're going to traditional news outlets that are bending the facts in the direction they want it to go. That that's where I've been kind of disenchanted with um mm-hmm. for for like um even things like you know if some event happens and then people share the picture or video on Twitter and then everybody's retweeting, retweeting, retweeting comes out a week later that that video was completely taken out of context. This has happened so many. There, there was a guy who's documented, um, not just, this is going to take it for what it's worth. You know, that, that, uh, in the last five (laughs) years, I think that there has been, um, I think over a thousand racial events that turned out to be later turned out to be hoaxes. Um, now that's a still small Mm. percentage of, the thousands and thousands of thousands of racial uh, things that weren't hoaxes. Okay. So that, you know, but a thousand, that's, you know, Jesse Smollett and is, is a classic example. And, um, then right. you have, you know, the Covington Catholic thing, you know, uh, you got several yeah. things where, where it's like, even as I saw, I'm like, Oh my word, this is horrible. And I was like drawn into it. And then later I'm like, Oh yeah, that I'm glad I didn't retweet that because it turned out to be right. not true later. I've seen so much of that that now I'm kind of like, I see anything and I kind of shrug my shoulders and like, my response is maybe mm-hmm. I, I need to spend 20 hours actually maybe flying out to this place and doing my own journalism to actually, actually say, okay, this is what happened. How do you, mm-hmm. is that true? Is is it hard to, to, to get, okay, here are, are the actual facts of what happened. Another, just real quick, another example, you know, there was a picture of a Ukrainian Ukrainian soldier, you know, kissing his kids goodbye as he went and fought in battle. And everybody's retweeted, look how sad this is and all that. Mm-hmm. It turns out to be it was a Russian soldier kissing, you know. <laughs> right, right. Which is why I never, I don't retweet. First of all, I'm not a Twitter justice warrior. I'm not, that's not, you know, I, I try to do justice in real life, not on a screen or whatever, but, um, you know, yeah, I don't know. I, I would be. I, I, does it take a ton of work to actually say, okay, here is actually what's happening, just to be able to report it accurately? And how do you do that? Right. Well, so um, the and and this is again, I think, a really valid criticism of the pour over. But the the way we select stories is potentially like, for example, the news that we might cover would be. Hey, here, like the news is that it's being retweeted, 
you know, and like, here's a photo of what's being retweeted okay. or something like that. Or, um, or we just present like we can only do, we don't do any firsthand journalism. We, we don't do investigated journalism. Okay. And so there have been multiple times, like with the Covington Catholic thing where we ran the story and then the next time we go, Hey, turned out that wasn't true. And it's like, that was a, a big, both the initial story and the fact that it was fake were, or, you know, turned out to not be what it appeared. There was a much, um, much bigger narrative yes. that wasn't being told. Yeah, yeah. The story that we ran the first time was completely inaccurate oh, when wow. more information okay. came out, you know, okay. um, because it was based on the information that we had. And when more information came out, it, it was a, right. Well, what everyone was saying was totally inaccurate. And so there's part of it that's just like, hey, we, but if you followed the pour over, you're, you're going to be aware of things as they happen. And if here's an example that would be like, we, we've gotten some emails because we have people from across the spectrum, including some, what I would classify conspiracy theorists of basically saying, hey, you, you are just parroting what um, the mainstream media is saying about Russia, you have to go to this, you know, weird site and listen <laughs> to what this person's saying. And it's like, you know what, if what that person is saying turns out to be true and we've been completely wrong, we will run that story. But right now, based on the information that we have, here is what's happening in the world and it, it's a little bit like what you were talking about earlier. Our goal, our goal is for Christians to be, to feel slightly removed from all this and to say, Hey, I, I am a Christian first. I'm not, mm -hmm. you know, like my, my citizenship is in heaven. And, and one of the categories of the, of the Christian perspectives that we will give is to say, keep an eternal perspective, yeah. stay focused on eternity. And so sometimes that plays out of saying, wow, everyone is obsessed with the Grammys and the award shows, um, or, or a sporting event or something. And it's yeah. like, you know what, no matter what happens, no matter if your team won or lost, mm -hmm. nothing eternal significance has really changed. So yeah. we shouldn't let that dictate our emotions. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that application is, wow, what's happening in the world right now, like in Russia and Ukraine is terrifying and scary. And mm -hmm. we need to pray and here are opportunities to give and here's other things to do. But another thing that we need to do is, is to be grateful that this world is not our home and not the end and that Christ is returning yeah. and there will be a day with no more war. And we can't let that, you know, yeah. make us gloss over the reality of the pain and suffering and, and whatever. But it is a, it is also important for Christians to say, Hey, no matter what happens, no matter if that war comes to my front door, my eternity is secure. Mm -hmm. And, and that is what you're missing. Yeah. If all you do is follow main, right. Like the, the largest media sources is you're just going to hear the facts. You're going to leave terrified and mm -hmm. you go on with your day and, and, and spread the fear. I, th I think from my vantage point, I think you guys do a good balance. I naturally mean this, a good balance between 
taking world events seriously, taking injustice seriously, not downplaying it like, oh, it doesn't matter, who cares? But also making sure we're reading that through the lens of our ultimate kingdom identity with a broader worldview, with hope, um, without, again, this this kind of back and forth, without downplaying the 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 significance of what's going on. Because that that's really... I don't know. I mean, I'm here. I'm preaching to the choir, but I mean, you, we do absolutely need to be aware of what's going on. Absolutely, we should be agents of justice in the world. But in the last few years, maybe a couple of decades, like the means by which we learn about those events has been so politicized and propagandized, or whatever. Like, there's so much more right. going on than people saying, "Here's an evil in the world. Let's be concerned." It's let's read this event through the narrative that I'm going to make you that I, that I want you to read through it because then you'll be more, you know, giving your allegiance mm-hmm. to my tribe. And then that's going to lead to more sponsors and ads and money. You know, there's just, there's such a machine. Right. Um, Neil Postman wrote about this, uh, amusing ourselves to death. What? 50 years ago. Um, I don't know if you read that book, but I, I read it recently and you know, he was talking about the age of television and what that has done to the medium of news and you can almost scratch out in that book written 40 years ago television and just put internet and it it was eerie how relevant that is and how accurate it, it is that the very medium of relaying the news has reshaped how we even think about our own identity in the in the world so i yeah again i i i think you guys do a good job there um i, I want to just confirm too like you are deliberately reporting on events that aren't necessarily the most significant from a Christian perspective, but are the events that are being talked about, that they are being frontline. And so you're just trying to give, regardless of whether you think they should be frontline, they are being frontline. They are what people are thinking about. They are what's affecting people's hearts and minds. And so you want to give a less biased, um, overview of those events so that is deliberately what you're trying to do right because that, that you said yes, you get critique yeah. for that yeah and and again i think like um i would the the reason we don't select stories based on significance is not because we think our way is better but because we think there are other organizations that do that well okay. you know like yeah. and and we don't have theologians on staff um we, we aren't pastors. We don't want to be your church. And, and so our goal is to say, Hey, here are the things that you're going to hear about, whether or not you care about sports at all, you're going to hear about who March madness. And so here's what's going on in March madness. You can be aware of it. It, We're going to spend 15, 20 seconds telling you, uh, what's going on. And if it's what, Really, truly everyone's talking about. It's one of the top stories. We'll add some perspective there for you to say like, hey, okay, in the world, this is what's going on and this is how I can approach it as a Christian. And and that's not a complete, like, it's not like, hey, here is the Christian appropriate response to it. Like I said, all those are pre-written. Mm-hmm. So it's, we, we've taken some categories of things where we saw in the first years of doing the pour over when no one read, <laughs> it, read it of like, here are the areas that we fall short and go wrong a lot of the time. I talked about one of them being keeping an eternal perspective. Yeah. Like it's, 
I think the best example of that was around um, around the impeachment trials Mm. of like, okay, this is huge world news. And certainly why Trump is being impeached might have uh, like there's potential for the reason for a president being impeached to have uh, moral impacts on society or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But regardless of who is president, God is in control. If, Mm -hmm. if, if the president is removed from office, guess what? We're still called to love God and love others and our eternity is secure, you know? And so like this thing that can be all consuming that you should be aware of that if you're a Christian and you have your head so far in the sand that you don't even know this is going on, Mm -hmm. you're, you're failing to acknowledge that you do live in the world with other, with other Christians and non-Christians, but we don't need it to be all consuming. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's good, man. Um, do you know the demographic of your listeners? Or like, do you feel like it's does lean right, leans left, or do you, is a huge part of your demographic one that kind of resists the, the partisan divide or, um, yeah, it's so I know we have people from both sides because we hear from both of them. <laughs> um, and uh, like there there are some stories that we will run that and and by and large, the feedback is positive and we yeah. love and are very grateful for our audience. Um, but there is obviously a, a vocal minority. Mm-hmm. And so we know that there are people that are very strongly conservative and very strongly liberal. Okay. Uh, we get some insights into like age and gender um, through MailChimp and uh, who we kind of think of. And the other group that we know is a really solid portion of our audience is, is kind of like the, the classic example of a pour over reader from what we can tell is like a, um, mid thirties mom who is bothered, like may have some political leanings, but they are just not to the magnitude of, uh, of what you read in other news sources. So like they don't like reading CNN or Fox because they just, the magnitude of, yeah, political values is so much higher. And they're like, ah, I want to be informed uh, and aware, but I'm, I'm not that passionate about my political party in general. Yeah. Yeah. Are you allowed to talk about your political viewpoints or do you try to keep that completely, which you probably, yeah, I mean, right. I, uh, maybe upbringing, upbringing. I mean, I I don't talk about them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so like, I mean, I, my dad is a pastor. I grew up in, uh, obviously in a Christian house. Um, and I don't know, I I guess, I don't think my dad is, uh, public with his political views because he's a pastor. So maybe I won't, uh, out him in any way, but, uh, in general, I would say I am, I'm quite center. Um, and I have, I have voted for both parties. Okay. And so it, it really, yeah, I, I, I think, and, and I, I wouldn't be, I don't know who my dad has voted for every time. I wouldn't be surprised if he has voted for both parties and, 
and just said, modeled both my parents and also it through, through the pour over and just kind of efforts yeah. to do that of saying, Hey, our goal really needs to be putting Christ first. And yeah, I I'm quite sympathetic. Honestly, what, what I will say and what is core to the pour over is that we believe, and I believe you can love Jesus and have voted for either party. You know, and and that is what one of the things that we want to dismantle of saying, like, yeah. if if you are a single issue voter, I, I personally am actually probably more uh, tolerant of of single issue voters than uh, than a lot of people. But don't don't make that the only issue that anyone can vote for. Like if God has placed on your heart. And, and it's reflected throughout your life something, if, if, you, if you are passionate about immigration and work for a nonprofit that helps and have opened your home and, and done other things, it would be inconsistent for you hmm. to then vote for someone who has immigration political or policy views that are contrary to your own. Um, but... God has also placed on other people's hearts mm -hmm. different issues, and that is a good thing. You know, mm -hmm. like th the fact that people have different passions and talents is a good thing, and that will necessarily impact who they vote for. Like who you vote for is not a salvation level issue. Mm -hmm. So there are going to be Christians on both sides of that vote. I'm curious, Um, do you have any favorite, like, somewhat mainstream or just uh, favorite journalists, like pe people that are doing mm. journalism, like when they talk about an event, you would kind of be like, oh, this, this person for the, for the most part is high on my trustworthy list. I've, I've got a few that I, that I can think of if uh, I'm curious. <laughs> yeah. I, I would love to hear yours. Honestly, I, um, I read a lot of news summaries and then okay. dive into to kind of understand the the topics that we should be covering, um, and then we'll dive in and read things from both sides and different stuff. But like because of that kind of top down approach, mm -hmm. I, I don't follow individual journalists um, necessarily. But I'd love to hear. I, I do. I do end up reading a lot of individual yeah. journalists, but I'd be interested to hear who you follow. So I, I I get mainly from podcasts because I like the long form, like it conversational um, nature of it. I'm trying to think of another. I'm, I'm blanking on this guy's name. So here's a few that come to mind. Uh, Andrew Sullivan would be one. I feel like he's very honest. Um, Barry Weiss might be my favorite. Uh, between Andrew and Barry, they both. I they just scream honesty to me again not that there there's a big difference between do they get it right every time no uh, but are they being honest with where they're at yeah yeah i think so like and if they get something wrong they're, they're they'll turn around and say hey i got that i got that wrong you know um mm -hmm. I, I really like matt taibbi um uh katie herzog's lesser known um but she 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 co-hosts a podcast I'm blanking on the guy's name. Oh, Jesse Single. Jesse Single is probably the most controversial among all of those. Uh, they're all con well, 
everybody's controversial, but um, yeah, Jesse Single and Katie Herzog co-host the podcast, and and um, again, I feel like they're and all of I would say all of these would be left of center. None of them are Christians. In fact, yeah, Katie Herzog's uh, I think an atheist. She's lesbian, married to a woman. Barry Weiss is married to a woman, atheist. Andrew Sullivan. Has a Catholic background. He's a gay. Matt Taibbi's left of center. Um, Jesse Single would be left of center. Um, anyway, th- those are ones that I. Um, I oh, and, and, and I, you know, he's, he's been in the spotlight a lot. But I do, I do listen to Joe Rogan a lot, and and um, you know, some things. Mm. He another one. He he says some things. I'm like, no, nah, that's just flat out wrong. Especially when he wanders into religion. I'm like, oh my word, that's a train wreck. Um, <laughs> but but again, I feel like he is a genuinely curious person and he can be passionate Mm -hmm. he'll say something you know that i may or may not disagree with but i but i know or i don't get the the impression that he's lying to me Mm -hmm. almost every other mainstream outlet i just don't have and some more than others you know certain i don't want to sweep everybody under but i just they just seem so narratively like they can't their job depends on them having a certain viewpoint they can't Mm -hmm. not have a different perspective like and i know Mm -hmm. they will gain more followers if they say this this way or whatever and don't say that. But people like Barry Weiss and others who have at great cost have said things that have been unpopular for the their typical tribe, you know. Like to me, that that is kind of the mark of honesty. Yeah. Have they said things and done things that have caused them to lose social cred with their with their tribe. Every single one of these has. That's why they're all on Substack and been <laughs> Did, are you right. familiar with all those names or never, is that, no, do you resonate? Honestly. Yeah. And th- this is, uh, again, it's, uh, it, it feels to me a little bit like I, I sit at the intersection of news and, uh, and Christianity and just, I'm like, I'm such on the border of both of them that like when I'm talking with my dad, he'll mention something. He's like, well, of course you've read, you read whatever. It's like, no, I don't, I don't dive that deep <laughs> into what, what's going on in uh Christendom right now. And I feel the same way when people talk about kind of classic journalism as well. So I've heard some of these names, but yeah. I don't, I don't follow any of them closely. Okay. Yeah. If he, I mean, yeah, Andrew and Barry are, are they're amazing. They're yeah. Wish you could hang out with them, but, um, are, yeah, are there and, others that you are there others that you like if there was a if you can be on the phone with somebody like not that that's possible or whatever but like if you could have somebody on speed dial whenever you wanted like a good evaluation of what's going on do you have names that pop in your head that you're wanting to share or not really not not really and i'm i'm not i'm not trying to dodge the question okay. either i just don't like, like i said i mean the uh, I'm part of what I do is I, I'm in the I'm in the newsletter news summary space. So okay. uh, every day of the week I get like you know 15 different newsletters, oh, wow. <laughs> and yeah. and so there are there are people there. But journalism, like you're saying, uh, and and I'm sure I could learn tons of them, business model wise. Like they're all on Substack. That's kind of the same space. But I'm that's. I get a few newsletters like the flip side, for example, which will take a big topic and say, this is what's going on the right. This is what's going on the left. And then I'll click and dig in to those, but it's all driven. It's all kind of driven by saying like, okay, once I fully understand, or once I understand enough to be able to represent this in 25 words, I'm good. And I'm moving on. Um, So 
there are, I, I have an MBA. And so like it, when I'm in, when I'm reading news in my free time for just kind of like personal, uh, enjoyment, mm -hmm. it, it tends to be way more into the economy and okay. business leadership and stuff like that. Then, whereas I, I get the impression that what you're asking is more political, like more, yeah, uh, yeah. umbrella. And so, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, if you, if you want to, if you want to talk about what's going on with yield curves right now, <laughs> like, Hey, we can, we, we can have a cool conversation about that. It's wild, but th that's just not, yeah. it's a little bit more niche. So this is your, so is the, is the wall street journal. Do you feel like that's a respectable, I mean, obviously it's huge and famous and everything. Um, where does it sit? Does it sit right of center or is it pretty central? And do you, is that, is that a, for the most part, when you're reading wall street journal, do you feel like this is an honest, um, evaluation or? Yeah. So, and it's weird, like the wall street journal and NPR is another good example. Mm -hmm. Like it depends on like NPR's opinion pieces uh -huh. are left of center. Sure. They're like more classic reporting is, is much closer to yeah. center. Same thing with the wall street journal, but reverse. Okay. So like if you, if you're reading a wall street journal opinion piece, it's most, it's going to be right of center. Whereas if you're, and especially like if you're looking for economic or business news, it's just, it's a well funded, there are great journalists there. And yeah. a lot of that just isn't, isn't political in nature, you know? So like they're, yeah. they're going to, it, it depends on what type of information you're looking for and where within that umbrella, um, you're, you're sitting, mm -hmm. but generally like, yes, I, I read the wall street journal, yeah. um, but it's not necessarily for their, their political takes, but it's another thing. Like I read a whole bunch and if something political is on the wall street journal, um, then it's like, okay, this is, they, they tend to give the top spot to something business or economy yeah. related. Okay. So, Hey, that's a, that's a major indicator that this is a, a big political thing and I need to read about it here and other places um, because it's something we're going to write okay. about. Okay. All right. So I, you say you do follow news, obviously, very, very um, thoroughly and, and kind of have a pulse of what's going on. When you look forward to the next couple of years, um, so isn't there a – I mean, what's the 2022 election? Is this the Senate or con – con I don't really know how it, Yeah, how midterms, it midterms, Congress. There's the, – the Senate, a third of the Senate seats will be up and – I don't, I don't know what percentage of, uh, the house, but there, there will be house, uh, seats as well. What's your prediction? What's going to happen as somebody who is not invested into one side or the other heavily? It, it's, I love asking people who aren't in a sense, aren't, aren't so invested on it going one direction or yeah. the other. Um, what do you, what's your prediction? Are you allowed to, and I, if you're like, ah, I'd rather not say it's sleep. You fine. know, um, <laughs> so I'm going to ask you about 2024. No, too, no, next. I mean, I, I'll, I'll say because. Yeah, that's, I mean, the, the, the first thing I'll say is, uh, certainly like the pour over doesn't, the pour over doesn't care. Um, the pour over is just going to cover news regardless. Sure. And, um, and I also don't, don't care in the large sense of being like, Hey, you know, regardless of what happens, we'll, we'll be fine. We don't, don't need to, uh, but just kind of like intellectually, some of the things some of the things that I think are interesting is the Republican Party is fractured, but is majority still uh, kind of in 
in Trump's camp, but there are some that are frustrated. And, and a lot of those people are just not running for reelection because it, it's become really difficult for them to, they feel like they don't have a party and it's become really difficult for them to win. Um, it, and then the Democrats are really united against Trump, but not around anyone. Like you mentioned a Biden flag earlier. I don't think Biden flags exist, you know, like no, no one. Um, <laughs> it, it's just interesting that uh, I, I don't know what will happen. I, I, I think there's a good chance that uh, the Republicans will reclaim the Senate. I feel like they have more focus, like both sides are equally passionate, but the Democrats are a little bit more scattered in mm -hmm. how to focus that passion on mm -hmm. election day. Like Republicans know who they want to vote for and the ideology they want to vote for. Democrats know they don't want that, but the difference between a yeah. cent like a centrist Democrat and a leftist Democrat, like those could be totally two totally different parties. And you've seen that with they control the House, the Senate and the the White House and aren't able to get things passed because of division within their own party. Hmm. Um, it, it, it seemed like a recipe for them to be able to do whatever they wanted. But people like Joe Manchin, who are more center, are just like, hey, no, we're not. You need to cut a zero off this bill. And, <laughs> and then you're really offending uh, mm. you know, people like Bernie Sanders or AOC who are farther left. And yeah. so because of that, if I had to guess, I, I would say, I think, I think Republicans will have a strong because midterm. from the little I've heard. And again, I just, I'm such a piecemeal of sources. Um, the rate, the ratings on Biden and his administration are not good at all. Right. I mean, it seems like the next no. two to four years could see us swing back to the right, largely largely because the quote unquote left in the last year and a half is not has not been a popular now I'm not I'm not even gonna say I'm gonna stick to say neutral. I'm not gonna say he's done a bad job. I'm saying whatever they've been doing hasn't been maybe as popular as, for instance, other Democrat um yeah, areas of leadership. The other thing that is interesting is Biden is very old. <laughs> so he, he like and and the and he's quite unpopular within the Democratic Party. So like it would be really hard and and it might happen in 2024, but like it'll be hard if Trump runs for the the Republican Party to nominate anyone other than him because all like Governor DeSantis in in Florida he's he's working with the same base uh, whereas uh, like people who like DeSantis also like they might like DeSantis more but a lot of DeSantis's credibility comes from like the the Trump base and so if they're pitted against each other i would expect Trump to win whereas like i was saying there's not like there are a lot of strong democrats um or people that are passionate democrats but there's not like a huge Biden base. Like Biden is relatively unpopular for a, for a president, even within his own party. Mm -hmm. And so the, the party might be able to unify around someone else, even if Biden runs for reelection. And I mean, the other thing is like, I, I don't know why at 80, 82, you would want to be president. He can't like, run man, for real. He's not, there's no, 
Uh, is that I mean, again? I don't follow it close so enough that he is running for re-election. If it, if that happens and Trump gets elected, I'm going to say that's the de- the Democratic Party from my na- very night. Just this is me talking out loud. I don't know what I'm talking about. From my minuscule vantage point, I would say the Democratic Party got Trump elected if they put Biden up against. It's uh, and at that again, age, I mean, is, are we allowed to talk about his mental state, or is that still we're not allowed to? When do we get a? Are we allowed to talk about that, or or does that become like a dog whistle to the Republican Party or whatever? I mean, that's I don't know. He he's not going to run. There's um, no way he. I, I mean, it's certainly <laughs> that would be entertaining to me. I, honestly, as, as somebody who's in exile in America, I I think that'd be entertaining. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> let's see how that goes. Yeah, you, you know, I, I guess speaking from uh, from the vantage point of a uh, an, an owner of a or or the operator of a media company, it, it would make good news. <laughs> Oh, do you do you feel like sometimes you're in District 11 watching the Capitol? I mean, it's it's like eerily said, similar. Or we could even talk about like the Will Slips Will Smith slap or just Hollywood and their role. It's like no, it's I, sometimes I'm like, oh wait, I thought I was watching Hunger Games. I forgot I'm watching like real life. This is, <laughs> right. It is. I, I mean, there were there were comments. This was years ago, but like the um the the director of House of Cards was like. In the final season, he's like, yeah, this is going to be the final season. Like we can't compete with reality. Um, and, and it's true, you know, like there's, there are, and, and it's part of, uh, to bring it back to kind of the pour overs mission, that is a, it's a real danger to Americans, you know, like, and, and I, I, we write the news, we cover the news. Obviously we think it is important to, uh, be informed but i was talking with someone uh yesterday and they they said um they're like i have no data to back this up i'd be willing to place big money on the fact that christians as a whole read and watched a whole lot more about will smith than their bible this week you know again no data to back it up but i would say that's probably true and and so part of protecting your heart against that and saying, Hey, it's good to be aware of what's going on, but it's also, even if you're getting your news from the pour over, who's trying to be politically unbiased and trying to point yourself to Christ, we are being shaped by culture a lot. We are spending a ton of our time talking about these things. And one of our hopes with the pour over is to say, what if we could help equip people to turn these conversations, these things that are already going to be talked about into conversations where I I get to share my faith or let people aware of my faith or, oh my gosh, that their response to this thing, their calm in the midst of this chaos or their hope in the midst of this uh, fear, their love for both sides, you know, in the midst of all the anger going on, I want that. That that is so attractive and appealing. Mm-hmm. And and that's one of the the perspectives that we'll give is saying, hey, you probably don't have control over the situation. You know, it's a vote in in Washington DC or it's a war, but you can, you do have an impact over how you speak about and respond yeah. to this event. And and make it your goal when you're talking about this, not to convince people of your side, but to leave them with no doubt 
that you love everyone involved, even the people that you yeah. might be actively rooting yeah. against, you know? And, and I think that that could, if we could get Christians moving in that way mm-hmm. and saying, Hey, this is bad for my party, but it's good for God's children. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm supporting it to the detriment of political, uh, movements that I support, like that would be such a amazing, glorifying, loud communicator, mm. um, to, to culture. Do you, yeah. Pre- and you guys do that so well. You really do. I mean, it's, it's, it's every, <laughs> if you haven't listened to the pour over podcast yet, you have to go, go check. I, I think I've sent a lot of listeners your way because my audience tends to be disenchanted with the politicalization of everything for the most part. Then they might lean left, lean right or whatever. I mean, we all, I guess, do on some level. Um, um, but yeah, it, it's for those who haven't heard it. I mean, you guys do such a good job. Just you, you scatter throughout the five, seven, seven minute podcast, like several references to let's keep our focus on the kingdom. Let's be informed. Let's know what's going on. Let's stand for truth and justice. Let's, let's be, concerned about the war going on in, in, in Ukraine. Absolutely. Um, we're not, we're not separating ourselves from society. We want to be agents of truth and justice, but let's const- let's do that within the framework of keeping our allegiance to Christ. And just, you guys do a great job. Um, so pr- yeah, so I, I don't want to, k- to kick a dead horse. So your prediction for 2024, <laughs> I almost hate asking it because I just, I personally just don't really care. Um, but you you would say if Trump and DeSantis go head to head in the prime, like you think Trump's going to win out, and that it could be Trump Biden again. I got to get my popcorn out for that one. I yeah, I I mean, I I don't think Biden will run again. He has said he's going to run again. I, I think not. It would be hard for him to not say that he was going to run. He would just lose a lot of political capital if he was already kind of viewed as a lame duck president a year in. So I think there's, I think there are plenty of reasons that he would say that he's running again, okay. even if he weren't. So who is, who um, else would run if he does? And then who's the next couple in line that you would think not should, but will end up running. Right. Um, you know, I don't, I, I don't know. And, and it will be interesting to see, and no one's going to come out in the next, year because it would be, it it will be hard. It'll be hard within the party to announce your candidacy before Biden has acknowledged that he's not going to run. Um, especially like a name that comes to mind is Pete Buttigieg. He's, he's still young. He, and maybe I'm missing it. Like, it seems to be uh, not hated within within the party. And like he he certainly has to um, I, I would be shocked if he didn't run for president again, but it, it might not be in 2024. Um, and yeah, and then on the Republican side, it, it's it's hard. It's hard for me to imagine Trump doesn't run again. Um DeSantis is clearly gearing up to run. Okay. Mike Pence seems to be gearing up to run. Um, and, but again, like all of those, those three people are pulling from the same different, like with subtle differences, differences, mm-hmm. the, the same core group. 
And um, yeah, so DeSantis. And again, I don't say one more time. I don't follow this closely enough to have a strong opinion. But DeSantis seems way more sane and potentially likable from right leaning people versus Trump. Because I, I maybe it's this yeah. maybe it's the world I swim in where I, I know a lot of right leaning people who hate. They're very much the anti-Trump. You know, um, where DeSantis yeah, yeah. could be. And again, the five minutes I've heard him, you know, it just seems a little more reasonable, sane. Um, but what would line up on probably similar things, but, um, it, that's exactly it. Okay. Like he, he, um, tends to, it, it, it's, it's a slightly softer edge. Um, you, you've removed some of the, some, but not all of the, mm-hmm. the personality, um, and kind of, I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to say this in a in a politically correct way, but unprofessionalism of that Trump <laughs> brings, you know, just kind of like a, a yeah. harshness at times, um, but a lot of the same policies. Okay, and and so like I I think that he would for the reasons you're saying there there are lot there's a large group of like never Trump Republicans yeah. that I think could get behind uh, DeSantis, but. As a whole, the Republican Party still likes Trump. And so it, it's a, I mean, it's a numbers game. Uh, it, it, yeah. DeSantis couldn't win if everyone that liked Trump voted for Trump. Yeah. Okay. Based on the polling that I've, that I've seen. And, but I, who, who knows, you know, and, and maybe when th- those are polls, those have been wrong famously before. Sure, yeah, um, yeah. But that's kind of at a high level, the, the landscape that, that I have seen again, without similar to you without really caring. Yeah. Um, yeah. But do, do read the articles. You, you didn't mention Harris on the Democrat side. Do you, do you think she's not super well liked, right? I mean, she got her, she got pretty blasted in the primaries. <laughs> yeah. And she, uh, she is, from what I can see, more hated by Republicans than Biden is. Yeah. Like they, they really don't like Harris. Um, and yeah, she just, from my perspective, she hasn't really done anything. Hmm. She's been, you know, she's been made the lead on like the, the border crisis and hasn't really moved the needle uh, a whole lot there from what I can tell. So like there, she hasn't, she is a historic VP and has the name recognition, but I don't know if she has um, done enough with that position to feel like she would get the support of mm-hmm. of the party. But uh, again, these are yeah, these are uh, speculations from someone <laughs> who does not yeah. dive too deep into any of this and tends to stay at a high level um, and and is not yeah overly personally interested or concerned. Yeah. Yeah. I've already spent way too much time even asking you questions about it. No, they're so, fun as, someone, as someone who really doesn't care, but it's just like, it's again, I care on the level of like, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting world event and I happen to live in the country that is going through this, you know? Um, and it does affect, yeah. it does affect, it, it affects absolutely world econo- economy, reputation it affects Christianity, it affects a lot of stuff, you know? Um, so yeah, I don't I don't want to downplay the significance of it. But Jason, I've, I've taken you over your time, man. For, I just thank you so much for what you do. I'm so I'm just so thrilled to have found your podcast, the newsletter. Um, again, I've I've listened to every single episode in the last um, 
well, ever since I found it, last three or four months. And uh, yeah, I, uh, I enjoy, I guess, listening to your words every time I'm in the shower. I don't know if that's weird for people to imagine, but um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, really appreciate it. Thanks so much for the support and for having me on. This has been fun. Sure. All right. God bless, man. Yeah.